0: The topic for my Bible study here this evening is found in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 31. Matthew, chapter 6, verse 31. If you want to get your Bibles out and go ahead and turn there, this is a very important topic that I hope will bring encouragement to your hearts and also give you strength for not only today but for the days to come. Uh, Jesus, in Matthew, chapter 6, verse 31, if you're there, I will try to have the scriptures up on the screen too so that way you can read along. It says here in Verse 31, Jesus says, Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Here Jesus was given a solution for what do we do with worry? You know, I don't think many of us, thankfully at this time, are worried about what we're going to eat or drink or what we're going to wear. However, worry has a way of trying to creep up into each of our lives at one time or another. There may be some who say, oh, I never worry. Well, I'll just say, God bless you. You are a little bit further along in your walk of faith than I am. I know that each day, I have to to fight back against worry and to remind myself of God's word and uh, his precious promises have a way of just uh, bringing faith and trust and rest and peace into my life. And that's my hope for this evening's message here that you will just sense uh, God's strength coming into your heart as I share his word. And if you'll notice in this uh, Matthew chapter 6 verse 31 through 34 what Jesus said in verse 33 he says to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto us. And there he commands us in verse 34. He says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. I want to share a couple of quotes that I found about worry or anxiety, because worry and anxiousness or anxiety can be very similar. Charles Spurgeon said, anxiety does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows, but it only empties today of its strength. And that is so true, that when we live in anxiety, anxiousness, or worry, uh, it only takes away the strength that we have for today, uh, because as you know, many of you, I think it's in the book of Nehemiah, it says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And anxiety and worry have a way of trying to take the strength and the joy out of our hearts. And I've said this uh, over the past couple of months and years even, that God wants us to have his joy in our lives. And so if I can share one more, scrip- uh, one more quote, George Mueller, he was a, a man who had a very large orphanage, and he trusted God to bring the provision to care for numerous orphans. He had this to say about anxiety. He said, The, be- the beginning of anxiety is the end of faith, and the beginning of true faith is the end of anxiety. Wow, that's good. I want to read that again. The beginning of anxiety is the end of faith, and the beginning of true faith is the end of anxiety. George Mueller uh, knew what it was like to face worry and anxiousness, and uh, he knew what it was to stand in faith and to trust God and to believe for God to bring in provision that he needed. And that's my hope for us here in this message, is that we will... Uh, see anxiety and anxiousness uh, banished from our life, Uh, hopefully at least for tonight and in the days to come as you remember this message, because uh, God is our refuge. He is our strength. He is a very present help in times of trouble. And so we're gonna continue on here with this Bible study. And as we do, uh, here's what we're gonna discuss is three things of how can we seek his kingdom and his righteousness first. And for this reason, if we will seek his kingdom, and his righteousness first, Jesus promised that all these things, everything that we need, would be added unto us, and that includes anxiety or worry or concern for tomorrow, that it would uh, not be overtaking our life and burdening us uh, down and just loading us down with a load of cares. And so the first thing that we can do to seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness is number one, by inviting his fatherly, fatherly care to watch over our life. You know, our Father in heaven, he is a kind Heavenly Father. He loves us so very much. And so what do we do with anxiousness? What do we do with worry? Is we need to invite our Heavenly Father to say, Lord, I receive you and you are who you say that you are. I just want to read a few scriptures. The first one, I believe, out of the book of Ephesians chapter 1 that reminds us of the goodness of our Heavenly Father. Now before we do, I'm reminded of a scripture in the book of James that says this. It says that every good gift, every perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Every good gift that we receive comes from our Heavenly Father. We need to remember that and welcome our Heavenly Father to take care of our life. And so, Uh, Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 1 and just be reminded about, well, what is our Heavenly Father like? It says in verse 3 of chapter 1, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. He has predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Wow. Our Heavenly Father, uh, what is he like? Well, there's so many scriptures we could go through, but just for this time, I want to remind you of the one in James chapter 1, verse 17, I believe, and now Ephesians chapter 1 reminds us that our Heavenly Father, He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. And these spiritual blessings are meant to give us the strength and courage, peace, contentment, joy, uh, all the fruits of the Spirit that we read about in the book of Galatians. His spiritual blessings are available to us and He has lavished them on us as His children. Let's go back to that passage of Scripture one more time. What are those blessings? In verse 4, he's given us the blessing that he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. And how did he choose us? Why did he choose us? What purpose for? In order that you and I would be holy and without blame before him in love. Wow, to think that God wants us to be holy and blameless before him in love. If anybody had a, a the right to condemn us or to drive us into the ground, it would be God Almighty. But instead of wanting to condemn the world, he sent his son Jesus in order to save the world, to try to rescue us and to bring us back to himself. And so going on in verse 5, it says, Our Heavenly Father predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. According to the good pleasure of his will, he has made us accepted in the Beloved Friends, this is a reminder of the love that our Heavenly Father has for us. And so, if you are going to see worry and anxiety uh, banished from your life, day by day, little by little, or a whole lot by a whole lot, uh, invite God's, your Heavenly Father's care into your life to say, Lord, you're a good Heavenly Father, and I welcome you into my life for who you are. In the book of Psalms 103, we learn about our Heavenly Father, that he is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. In verse 11 says, As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Why? Because as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. He has compassion on those who fear him, for he knows our frame, and he remembers that we are. Our dust. Uh, these are just some quick reminders of our Heavenly Father. And so let's do that and invite our Heavenly Father and His care into our life, realizing that, Lord, you are merciful, you are good, you are slow to anger. You are a Heavenly Father who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And Lord, these blessings are not just for the sweet by and by, they are tangible blessings for here and for now. Uh, let's continue on in our study. Uh, how can we seek his kingdom and his righteousness first? Number one, by inviting his uh, His fatherly care to watch over our life. And secondly, by, welcomingly, by welcoming his priestly service. What does that mean by welcoming his priestly service? Well, let's turn to 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. It says here, My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins. That word propitiation for those who are new to scripture means he is the atoning sacrifice. He is the one who is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And not for ours only, but also for the whole world. I want to invite you to welcome his priestly service into your life. And how do we do so? By saying, Jesus, I thank you that you are my advocate. You know, he is not the prosecuting attorney who is looking to condemn again. No, Jesus is your advocate. He stands to advocate on your behalf that if you sin, he is there to intercede and to pray and to say, Father, uh, remember the sacrifice that I have made on their behalf and that when we place our faith in Jesus, He is a merciful and a faithful high priest in things pertaining to God. He is touched by the feeling of our infirmities and weaknesses and all points tempted as we are yet without sin. We have an invitation to come boldly to his throne of grace, to find mercy and grace to help in the time of need. Now, for you and I, you know, if we fail, and we do every day if we're honest, uh, how often do we get just down in the dumps and we think, oh no, God certainly, He must have given up on me. He must be so disappointed in me. I will say, I do believe there are times that God can be disappointed. But if you are truly trying to put God first, seeking Him first in all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and when you stumble, just as a a parent looks at their toddler or a small child who falls down, they make a mistake, they do something that the choice was not right. Uh, That parent, if they're a loving parent at all, they don't give up on that child and just uh, shoo them away and say, I never want to see you again. No, Uh, hopefully that parent, they will pick up that child, uh, love them, teach them, yes, correct them, but they are so far from giving up on them. And our Heavenly Father is the same towards you through His Son, Jesus Christ. Uh, His Son is your advocate. He is for you. He is not against you. When you make a mistake, He is not He is not gloating up in heaven or or wringing his hands thinking, oh, how could they be so dumb? How could they make that type of a choice? No, he is advocating and he is patient, long-suffering, and he is working in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. I have shared uh, a few months ago, I believe, that God not only sees us where we are today, but God sees us into our future in eternity. And so while we are limited to our perspective today and what we can see and understand, God sees a much greater picture about our life than we could ever possibly imagine. It almost brings tears to my eyes just to think of the plans that he has for you and me, my friend. And so just realize that you need to receive and welcome his priestly service on your behalf to say, Jesus, I sign up. I want you to be my my advocate, that you would stand by my side to help me. Uh, what does it look like that when he is your advocate? Let's go to uh, Hebrews seven twenty four through 25. It says, But he, Jesus, because he continues forever, he has an unchangeable priesthood. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost. Verse 25, He is able also to save to the uttermost. I don't remember what preacher said it, but he can save from the uttermost to the guttermost. And I love that because no matter... Uh, how high in status you are in this world, no matter how low you think you have fallen, Jesus is able to say from the uttermost to the guttermost. Those who come to God through him, why? Since he always lives to make intercession for them. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, and he is interceding on your behalf. He is praying for you right now. I am so thankful for the prayers of God's people. I am so thankful for those who take the time uh, to intercede and we are to pray one for another. But I pray that you receive encouragement to know that you are on the heart of Jesus. You are on his mind. And the sacrifice that he has prayed, the investment that he has made into your life, he is not about ready to let it go to waste. No, he is interceding. Uh, In another way, you could say he's cheering you on. He's rooting for you. He is celebrating your victories. And when, you, when you're when you defeated, he's there to pick you up and to lift you up and to encourage you to keep on going. Why? Because as I said a few moments ago, he can see your life into the eternity of, of the future. And he knows the plans that he has for you. And he is not about ready to let his plans fall apart. And so receive him in his pri- priestly ministry that he has for you. What is this priestly ministry? What benefit does it bring to our life? John 14, 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither (coughs) let it be afraid. Uh, The role of the priest was to bring peace uh, to the people. He spoke peace over the people, and Jesus in these troubled times, he says this to you and I. Let's read it again. He says, My peace I give to you. It's not as the world gives. So let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Will you receive the peace of Jesus Christ? He is the Prince of Peace, and he longs to impart that peace to you. And how do you receive it? You, you read those words and you say, Jesus, thank you. I receive that. You said, my peace I give to you. Neither let my heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Amen. So be it. I will let the peace of God rule in my heart. And so receive as priestly ministry to bring peace into your heart. The next passage I want to share with you is found in Romans 5, verse 1 through 2. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. What a great gift that we have, that because of what Jesus has done, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, and we have access by faith uh, into his presence. We have access by faith into this grace in which we stand And it's not just grace that we stand in, but it causes us to rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Again, my friends, we live not only for what we can see here and now, and we're thankful for all the blessings that God gives to us. But I pray that your joy is not simply found in the things of this world, but we are to rejoice in hope of the glory of God that Jesus is preparing a place for us. It is a place of no sorrow, no pain, no disease, no lack, no famines. There would be nothing to bring corruption into his new heaven and new earth. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And so receive that peace that Jesus has purchased for you as your high priest. The next scripture The next point I want to make is how can we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness first? Remember, number one again, invite his fatherly care to watch over your life. Number two, welcome his priestly service. And number three, by surrendering to his kingly authority. Jesus truly is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There's a scripture that he shared a statement that he made in Matthew 28, 18. Jesus came and spoke to his disciples and said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. He didn't say some authority. He said all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto him. And so I invite you to to surrender to his kingly authority, to say, Jesus... All power, all authority in heaven and earth belongs to you, and I just want to receive that, surrender to that. I want you to be the king of my life. I'm not going to allow the things of this world to rule or dominate me. Instead, I invite you to rule and to have dominion over my life. This reminds me of a story that was told in Matthew chapter 8, verse 23, When Jesus got into a boat, his disciples followed him, and suddenly a great tempest arose in the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. That's Jesus, he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. But Jesus said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? I'm going to pause there for a minute. Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? You know, these disciples had grown up on the Sea of Galilee and they had undoubtedly been through many storms. Uh, these, were, these were true men that Jesus had chosen to follow after. I mean, even teenagers, from what I read, uh, these just weren't no, timid, uh, fearful men, and normally. No, they were strong. And here they were terrified by this storm. And here's Jesus and he's sleeping in the boat. And they come to him, and they're freaking out and saying, Lord, aren't you going to do anything? Don't you care about us? And I can see sometimes parallels with what we go through in in our life, that we can see every earthly reason to be afraid and to have great concern, anxiety, anxiousness. And in our prayers, we're like, Oh, God, don't you care? Don't you see? And Jesus, what what is his word to us? He says, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? And then Jesus arose, and he rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And what was the response of those disciples? The men marveled, saying, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Wow. Who can this be? I want you to invite Jesus' kingly authority into your life. Into every situation that you're going through, whatever causes you to be fearful, whatever causes you to have anxiety, remember those disciples that when they were so troubled and they awoke him, that Jesus' response to them is, "Why are you fearful? Oh, you have little faith, And that when Jesus simply spoke to that storm, the men marveled, wondering, "Who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him?" Invite his kingly authority into your life. Another scripture that comes to my mind is Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 4. It says, where the word of a king is, there is power. And who may say to him, what are you doing? Again, where the word of a king is, there is power. God's word has great power. As you invite his word into your life and his kingly authority into your life, I want you to consider that God's word has great power. And so allow his word to have authority in your life. Allow God's word to have authority in your life. Trust his word. Believe his word. Even if everything around you, it seems contrary to what his word says, believe the word of God. And by doing so, you are honoring his kingly authority in your life. How else do we allow His Word to have authority in our life? by allowing God's Word to bring life, peace, stability, courage, health, joy, hope, deliverance, etc? God's Word will bring all this and so much more into your life if we will simply surrender to his kingly authority to say Jesus, uh, for far too long, I have allowed others." Uh, I've allowed the media or the things that I see in this world to have authority over my life. What I mean by that? We allow our emotions to get the best of us. We allow ourselves to get filled with anxiety. Sadly, for some, filled with anger. Others, filled with remorse or regret. And we allow the things of this world to control us. And when we allow the things, whether possessions or people, disappointments, to control us, We are allowing those things to have authority over our life and we are not allowing Jesus to have his rightful place of kingly authority over our life. And so allow his word to bring peace and life, stability, courage, health, joy, hope, and deliverance into your life. Who is this Jesus? In verse eight of chapter eight of the gospel of John, Jesus said to them, most most assuredly I say to you, Before Abraham was, I am. We serve the great I am. Jesus, he is the resurrection and the life. I just want to encourage you this week. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Jesus said, therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow has enough troubles of its own sufficient for the day is its own trouble or evil thereof. Let's go ahead and do a recap. How can we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness first in our life? Number one, invite his heavenly father, by inviting his heavenly father care to watch over our life. Number two, by welcoming his priestly service into our life and all the benefits, the peace that it brings. Number three, by surrendering to his kingly authority in your life. God has a kingdom, church. His kingdom is not of this world. In Romans 14, verse 17, it says that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Even in this day that we're living in, I just pray that his righteousness would overflow in each and every home and family. I pray that his peace would abound in each and every heart. And I do pray that God's joy would be your strength. Let's pray together as we close our Bible study tonight. And if I could remind you as we do, uh, I just want to tell you once again, thank you for those that I've spoken with. I've heard reports of those of you who are calling each other, praying one for another. Let's continue to do so. And let's just ask for God's kingdom to come, inviting his rule, his reign into our life in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for our time together. And we just pray that you would uh, give us much more grace to pray, to seek you, that we would come to that throne of grace boldly, confidently knowing that you have invited us to come. Lord, we invite your kingdom into our heart, Lord. We welcome you as our heavenly father to take care of all of the needs that we have. Lord, we welcome your priestly service, that Lord, you are the advocate who stands for us, you are not against us. We receive the peace that you bring to us, and Lord, we surrender to your kingly authority. Lord, we thank you that where the word of a king is, there is power. God, your word has amazing power, and I just thank you that it will bring powerful results in our life as we trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join together with us. I pray that this Bible study has been a blessing to you. And uh, I love you. I pray for you. Have a wonderful day. God bless you.